Well, here we are. It's Thursday morning. You're on your way to work, or maybe you're just having some coffee and you want to listen to the dulcet tones of Captain Novice and his best buddy, Bo. Welcome back, Podcast Land. It's Parked in Turn 1. We're here to talk about the World Superbike Race in Estoril and the Moto America Race in Virginia. Bo, how are you? I'm a lot better now that you called me your best buddy, Jason. That's that's the my night's done. My 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 Thursday cool. can just go on and be perfect now. Well, great because I was hoping that you wouldn't talk a lot tonight. So just stay quiet <laughs> and I'll take care of it. Um no, I Look, man, we've done this for over a year now and you and I have expressed some opinions and a lot of times I would say the majority of the time by far we agree, but um there are times when we don't, but it's always fun to talk yeah, about man. racing. Yeah. That's the truth. Absolutely. And uh, and this week was no different. There's a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack. But I figure we start over across the pond in Estoril because that was what racing is all about to me. That was amazing racing. What did you think? Yeah. Uh, great weekend. A lot of excitement. I mean, just 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 a ton of fun. Um, you know, not so great for us in Amer- as Americans are concerned. You know, Garrett Gerloff um, had a pretty rough crash, but Garrett Gerloff really showed some speed on Friday and early morning Saturday. Um, but uh, unfortunately, just couldn't make the race. But they we still retreated to some really really fun racing all weekend long. Yeah, I, I we really were, and I think it's going to continue throughout the year. I think there it's easy. There are three clear cut riders that are uh, they're a cut above let's just say it they are yeah. and but that's three guys that could win a race that's a lot of drama honestly that's a lot more drama than we had from 16 to 19 in moto gp you know so I, I i'm i'm excited to see it and then of course when you have tricky conditions anything can happen but you know Let's talk a little bit about Superbike and Estoril. Um, race one, Alvaro Bautista takes the win, taking advantage of some real hard scrapping between Toprak and Johnny Ray. In the Super Bowl race, Johnny Ray uh, wins over Toprak, and then Bautista finished third, and, and Toprak had an amazing save there. Um, race two, Johnny Ray wins again over Alvaro Bautista with uh, Raz Gatliaglu finishing third. So let's talk a little bit about, I, I think we don't need to break every race down in depth, but I what I want, the big thing from the weekend for me is just how hard Johnny and Toprak are fighting each other, man. Yeah. It is so much fun to watch. What did you think? Uh, yeah, so I made a comment to uh, to my wife. We were watching uh, throughout the weekend, and um, you know she's we're, she, we're 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 team green, right? I mean, we both. I mean, she's a cow. We've got nothing but Kawasaki's in the stable, you know. Um, so we're you know we've we've got to be Jonathan Ray fans by default, right? Um, but honestly, honestly to me, Jonathan Ray looks hungry this year, um, and not to say that he he might not have last year, but it's different. I think when you're on the top and you're defending, you know, you've got all these people that are coming at you from all angles that want to win the championship. You had a, a really hungry top rack last year that was doing whatever he needed to do to win a race. Um, you know, and then Bautista who was trying to do what he could to make a, to make the Honda work. Um, 
But as far as Jonathan Ray goes this year, there's just a ferocity um, that's in his writing that, that, that he's just attacking and really aggressive, looks really good on the front end of the bike, um, is making some aggressive tire changes uh, with, the, with the bike that he didn't normally make uh, last year, uh, made him work and came out this weekend, had a really good weekend all around. Um, you know, Batista still came away with a race win this weekend, um, you know, capitalizing on some of the mistakes. And um, that Ducati down the front straight is just a monster. But um, but no, Jonathan oh Ray. Jonathan Ray's hungry this year, I think, to get the championship back. He he is hungry. I I think, I think the thing that I took away watching Ray, you know, Toprak makes a mistake, has an incredible save in the Super Bowl race. Yeah, and any other rider, I think, is like, okay, I'm just gonna finish second. Let me hang back. But Johnny Ray was on the hundred percent mode all the way till the end because he, I. Honestly, he just he just doesn't stop. He Man, won't quit. When he lost and, the rear end in race two, was it race two when it, oh, the yeah. rain started to come down yeah. and, and the rear end let go in the last corner on the last lap? I, I mean, he rode it out. Yeah, it didn't look like it phased him whatsoever, you know. And um, and like you said, with that save, Jonathan Ray saw that hole and it saw that opening and just took it. And they, those bikes were so close. Uh, I just want to give him a lot of credit for being that close. Like he could have just let it go, just yeah. dialed it back yep. and just been cruising and top rack almost falls, but saves it. And, but Johnny, all credit to him, man, he didn't give up. And then he was in position to win and he took the win when top rack had that thing wrapped up. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, it was just, it was just a really, it told me a lot about Jonathan Ray. He, to your point about him being hungry, I think he is, but I, you know, I think there's a few things there. I think Kawasaki have improved the bike. It definitely. Mm -hmm. I think Jonathan Ray's doggedness, like his unwillingness to settle, is is pretty impressive. Um, and and all those things are coming together. I mean, that Kawasaki team is really really good, like top to bottom, from Johnny Ray yeah, yeah, all the way through the engineers. Yep. And he has a great crew chief in Pereira. And I don't I don't know if another team and Johnny Ray do as well as this team, but my goodness, man, there's a lot of good chemistry there, but I just feel like this was a culmination of, like you said, he's hungry. He wants his championship back. This is a contract year for Johnny. Uh, the bike is better. And honestly, Jonathan Ray is, has to be one of the top 10, if not top five motorcycle riders in the world. Honestly, he really does. I mean, he just, he is so good, and um, I, I, I just I I'm, I'm amazed by what he was able to do, and he and Toprak are just battling so hard on track, and you know in race one Bautista caught them because of that, and then got in front of them because of that, and you know what I mean, like just they they did it, but. I I don't know what happens if Bautista and Toprak start fighting like Johnny and 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 Toprak. I'd be interested to see that. Like how I don't know that Bautista has that same fight in him that Johnny Ray has. What do you think? It's hard to tell right now, you know, because I think Bautista I think Bautista gets affected a lot by mental uh 
instances that might happen, you know, if mistakes creep in, you know, he can kind of he can kind of get sideways a little bit in his head, and they, they start to to eat away at him. I think, um, kind of like Scott Redding, you know, Scott Redding kind of if Scott Redding makes a mistake in a race, it just snowballs, and that mistake becomes two, and then and then it just keeps going from there, and we see him start falling down the order. I think, but uh, you know, some guys like Toprak and Jonathan Ray. They have the ability to just shut that out and keep going. You know, if they screw up, they you know if they if they make a mistake in a corner, they get away with it, and then they can keep going on. They wrap it up like Top Rack. I mean, when Top Rack had that save in the Super Bowl race, it, it honestly looked unfazed. It, you know, whenever it was immediately yeah. pick the bike right back up and go go go. You know, it was yeah, right back on the gas. Yeah, um, didn't look around, didn't do anything. Eyes were forward, eyes were up, and, and he was right back in the gas trying to keep, get the spot back from Jonathan Ray. So. I'm not sure what, you know, and Bautista's been at the world level as far as MotoGP goes for a long time before he came to World Superbike. So he's got to have some sort, of, some sort of tenacity about him, you know, to, to really get in there and fight. But um, like it, it, it's, I'm curious to see what that might look like on this new Ducati. Um, he hasn't had to do that yet on the Ducati. Every pass that he's made seems like it's uh, a lot of it's on a straight or it's after someone else's mistake. So, you know, depending and seeing how Bautista might look when he has to get aggressive could be interesting. Well, what are you thinking? Well, I I think it will. I mean, I always thought he was pretty aggressive in MotoGP. I know, you know, he and Rossi clashed a couple of times. But I I think, I don't know, because they're so easy for him to rely on the the power of that bike. I mean, just looking at the top speeds, I mean, it's 14 kilometers faster on the front straight than top rack. That's a huge difference. Yeah, that's wild. 10 kilometers faster than Johnny Ray. I mean, that bike is just a rocket ship. It really is. It's just a flat out rocket ship. And quite honestly, he may not have to fight with them very often like they fight each other because of the difference in speed. Like he can just wait. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah. A, he knows where yeah, he's got to make that time up. It's yeah. just going to be on a straight. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right. I, I do not think that bike turns as well as the Yamaha or the, or the Cowie, but it, it doesn't matter when it's in a straight line. It's not in a class of its own, really. It's just yeah. what an unbelievable motorcycle, but. You know, I, I think he was very fortunate to get the win and was kind of handed that win in race one. But I but I did want to see what would happen in race two and the Super Bowl race. Now, in race Johnny one, Ray. He, in race one, he did go into the last corner in second place. He dragged past Top uh, Rack on right. the straight. Again, though, he did, he, I don't think he thought he had to make a crazy try yeah. at a pass. I kept waiting for it, but I think he knew I've just got the power – and top rack wheelied right, so yeah, top rack yeah. wheelies, and you could see top rack's head shaking. He hasn't won a race yet this year. He hasn't broken that duck. And my goodness, it. I mean, I hope. I, I'm sure it's going to come sooner rather than later. But it's been a while, and he's he's getting beat and making mistakes. So that he he had the super pole wrapped up, the brace wrapped up, and he made yeah. a mistake. It's just kind of going wrong for him right now. But, you know, he's got to be careful because he's already 50 points behind Mm -hmm. Bautista. And Bautista doesn't look like this moment like he's going to make a lot of mistakes because he doesn't have to because he's so fast in a straight line that all he has to do is hang close. I don't have to push it over the limit, and I'll just unleash the, the fury when I get straight up and down. 
Right. Which is dangerous, and, and, too, when you think about it. I think the next, uh, is the next round when they go to Magni Corps in France? I, I believe you're correct. I believe it, you it know, is Magni Corps. Magni after turn, after turn one, I think, you know, they go into a really long right-handed sweeper, and then that track really opens up almost, almost, I think it's a six, becomes a sixth gear straight, more or less, down in that really tight hairpin. So, yeah. you know, if they're not careful, you know, if, if uh, Bautista gets a good launch, then the Ducati could just leave him down the straight and then just, you know, uh, take a defensive line into that hairpin and then still get the acceleration out going on the back side of the track. And it could really, it could really prove to, you know, cause some issues. So, especially if the, they can figure out a little bit of better corner speed setup for that Ducati on the back side. Well, they're not, they're not going to Magni Core. They're actually going to Mizano. Okay. All right. Um, but it, it the, the thing is, is that Mizano has, Two the the front straight's not that long, but the the middle straight is pretty long, and then it's got that back portion that has a kink. Two well, it actually has three kinks, but right, point right. being is it's fast, and a bike like the Ducati, if it can hold speed on the edge of the tire, those guys are going to be struggling to fight with him there. Uh, but I I think in this race. With that big long front straight, I believe they said it was nine hundred eighty-seven meters, so just short of a kilometer, like Qatar, um, it's really hard to battle that yeah, bike. Right. I, I mean, it I, the speed was just unbelievable to me um, watching it. But and you know what's crazy is Chavi Vierge on the Honda actually went his had a faster top speed than uh, in the race than Bautista did by a couple k's. Well, Chavi Vieja only went 321. Bautista went 324. So what do you mean? No, race one, Bautista went 321, and Chavi went 323. Was that not, was that qualifying? That was qualifying speed, No, I no, thought. no, race one. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, well, in something, in one of these speeds, Bautista did 324. Okay, then uh, that, that would have been yeah. faster. Than, so, yeah. absolutely, but... But the point is, is the Honda's a beast. Like, it's super yeah, fast. Yeah, straight line. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. yeah it's- I mean, and you have to hand it to Vierge, Vierge and, and Lecawona. They This year, they're doing very well. Yeah. No, really, yeah, honestly. Absolutely. I, Especially you, you, to consider this track. You know, they don't have a lot of time on these track the, on at Estoril. No, they don't. And, and the other thing is that, you know, we are seeing some improvement from Scott Redding and BMW, which is encouraging for me. I disagreed with that livery choice in the first race, uh, but Scott finished eighth, which is a world better than he was in Aragon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're making steps, not as fast as Scott wants to or BMW wants, but they're making some steps. Right. Um, and I, I think I, I listen to other podcasts, and one of the things that they talk about is road racers all around the world in the big classes, in World Superbike, in British Superbike, their consensus is it's just a very strange motorcycle. It does things that you're not expecting. It doesn't do things like you think it would. It's a great road bike, but it may never be a great race bike because until they figure that out. And they don't know why it does what it does. That's the problem. So maybe Scott Redding will get it figured out because we know the motor's there. The motor, I, I don't think he could turn, and I think, I think if he could turn it better, that that top speed would have been better. But I don't know. We know it's a good bike road going, so hopefully they can figure that out. But I do see positive steps from them. You know, eighth in race one, 
Uh, I think he, I think he was up in the top ten the whole seventh, weekend. The super seventh, the Super Bowl race, yep. and then uh, race two though he slipped to eleventh. Yeah. So he, he, but he was running in the top ten all weekend, which is yeah. from where he was in Aragon. I mean, which was nowhere. So, but Loris Baz is up in the top ten near, nearly every race, if not every race as well. So Loris Baz is doing a decent job as well. Um, but tell me what you thought about race two. We talked a little bit about the Super Pole race, and really the only thing mm-hmm. exciting there was that save by right, Toprak yeah. and how quickly he got back into it, like like it never happened. And but what about race two? I mean, what did you see? Did you see something that makes you concerned for Toprak, or do you think Yamaha gets it figured out? I think Yamaha gets this. It's hard to say, you know, because the the comments that were made um, throughout the weekend were once again that you know Yamaha's made Yamaha has made an improvement over the off season, but every other team has made more improvements, which is what's making the Yamaha kind of look like it's lacking a little bit. Um, but you know, Jonathan Ray and the Ducati, they look amazing right now. And I think that Ducati, it's a, they've, they've redone the bike or like the fuel tanks a little bit. It's lower. It's underneath the rider now. Um, instead of sitting up on top of the bike. Um, of course we know Bautista is a smaller rider than what they've normally had in the past. Um, Rinaldi's still nowhere, but as far as top rack goes, Toprak still clearly has the comfort and the confidence in the front end of the of the that Yamaha. I mean, the, the bike's all out of shape everywhere he goes, right? I mean, and he he just yep. he doesn't care. He still does it, you know. So I don't know if if it, it's hard to tell for me right now where like what the Yamaha is losing is and where it's losing its speed is if because because of the way that. Toprak has his confidence on the front end. You know, is it spinning up too much in the rear? Is it not getting traction? Is it lacking power, similar to what we're seeing in MotoGP? You know, is there is there a power issue? I think there was um there was a talk about electronics. Uh, they were change, chasing some things in the electronics to kind of tweak that and bring a little bit more out in the Yamaha. Um, but, but I mean, I think that Yamaha gets it figured out at some point throughout the season, but. Is it going to be soon enough to stop Bautista and Ray from really opening up a gap that's insurmountable for Toprak? I'm not sure. Um, I mean, Toprak's kind of he's kind of in damage limitation right now, right now, um, yep. and he's doing well as far as that goes. But uh, you know, to really capitalize and make something better and to step forward, uh, he's really got to lean on that team to to do that for him and and develop that bike up a little bit more. I. I agree with what you're saying. Um, and I'd like to ask you now, having said all that, you know he's got the MotoGP test coming up. If he gets a good test, dry weather, good track time, um, do you think we see him in MotoGP next year? Bo quit everybody. Uh, I'm, I'm, ask, I'm asking the hard hitting questions. Yeah. I'm asking the you know, hard hitting questions. So. I don't. I want to say no, but the I guess I'm I'm trying to look long term too because if he says no to next year, if he does, if he gets a contract and wants to stay in World Superbike, that could almost put him out for another two years of not being able to come into MotoGP, right? If we right. look at contact the way that contracts cycle, um, I'm still concerned about you know what does his contract look like? I know he's got a, a test. 
but I know that he also made a comment that he would not go to MotoGP unless he had a factory bike, right? Correct. So we know there's not going to be a factory seat open next year. Well, there could be a factory seat open, I guess, if if Yamaha doesn't, you know, come to the table with a good offer for Fabio Quartararo. But I don't see Top Rack Razgaliagu really taking an offer from RNF Yamaha um, because for a couple of reasons, you know, one, RNF Yamaha may may not be RNF Yamaha next year. I don't know if that's Bingo. finalized or not. Yeah. Um, but also, if they are RNF Yamaha, what kind of bike are they going to have? Because I don't think the top rate, I mean, right now that bike looks terrible in MotoGP personally. I mean, it, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's a la it's, it, it's, it's almost a laughing stock of a bike to me, uh, because of where that team is finishing. Um, but you know, Franco Morbidelli is the, is secure right now in the factory Yamaha team. And I just don't see a factory Yamaha team with top rack Razgaliaglu and Franco Morbidelli in MotoGP next year. I can't, I don't see that. So I have a couple of thoughts. One is the way that Top Rack rides is the way Fabio's having to ride that bike. And if Top Rack can ride it like and control it the way he controls the R1, he he might be tough on that thing. So I think that's the key. That's the the question because I actually made that I made not that comment to to uh, my wife this weekend, but a similar one in the fact that you know. The, the MotoGP bikes are a lot stiffer than the even World Superbike spec bikes, right? Yeah, that was absolutely. one thing that Garrett Gerloff actually pointed out when he had his first um, ride at the Valencia a couple of years ago. Was you know, wow, this bike's way stiff. You know, it's a lot stiffer than an R1. And I, I made the comment to my wife saying, you know, Toprak's very hard on the brakes, and Toprak has that really good front end feeling with a Yamaha. And knowing that there's going to be some sort of chassis flex and frame flex involved in the in that that fact not factory Yamaha but that World Superbike spec Yamaha, that same flex is not going to be there and that feeling's not going to be there in a MotoGP bike. So how long does it take Fabio or Top Rack to get that feeling in a know. MotoGP bike? And is Yamaha willing to wait that long? I or think it's a million dollar question. Where yeah, he's at and when you know and. He's a proven world champion, obviously. You, you right, know, and, and he's, he has a chance to win the world championship every year on the R1. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Do you bring him over to MotoGP? It's where a tough he question when be... you start looking at all the variables yeah. and long-term and contract talks. And, you know, this right. is just the, the, the all the big-picture stuff that we that we talk about and bring up. Right. Well, I think so. I, I think it'll be dependent. He's going to be there with the test team. He, Cal Crutchlow will be there to kind of give him – some insight and, and show where the best places to crash are. Mm, yeah. No. Wow. Come on, man. Dude, I love out of the game for a little. I say, I say that with all, with all the, I, Crutchlow is always one of my favorites to watch. Um, but I, but I think, you know, the differences between the bikes are pretty substantial. I mean, the, so the, the MotoGP bikes are running 355 millimeter disc carbon versus steel mm -hmm. at 355. That's enormous. I mean, most of the street bikes that we deal with are 320, and they used to run 340. I think they run 340s in the rain in MotoGP, but they run 355, which means there's a ton more braking power. Of course, you have a ton more speed than a yeah. superbike. You have to have a whole lot of whoa when you got a lot of go, right? So, but the... I, I think there are some differences. You bring up some good points about the flex of the chassis and whether or not he gets used to it. However, it is very 
interesting to me that Fabio's having to make up all the time on the breaks. Guess who else does the same thing? Yeah, right. And so if he might take to that like a duck to water, or he may hate it. The thing about Toprak is I don't think he has to have a MotoGP ride because he said, we'll see. And I believe him. I mean, I, I do. I, I think this is a different kind of guy. He just doesn't come across to me as the guy that will take any MotoGP seat. Right. He, I don't think he feels the necessity to do so. So we'll see. I mean, well, you know, I the other that... thing is a different environment. Like World Superbike is a professional environment, but it's a different environment than MotoGP. I'm sure there are more like media requirements and team requirements and mm-hmm. all that stuff too. So maybe maybe that's he's not about that life. Maybe he loves where he is. And if he can make a few million dollars a year pushing a, wor- a World Superbike, and being close to the front and having a chance to win the world championship every year, maybe he's happy and he's all yeah. set to go. Well, I mean, one thing's for sure, uh, for for certain. Whatever happens to Top Rack, wherever Top Rack goes, if it's going to be staying in World Superbike, if it's going to be MotoGP, uh, you know, the the most important thing that can happen for Top Rack is that Keenan Safoglu gets a team shirt or some sort of a new polo. Whoa. I mean, I felt like he, I told you, I texted you, said, is he running off to referee a, a football game later? Oh, I mean, football. what in the world? Oh, football. Oh, football. Sorry. Yeah, it looked like, I was like, when I saw that shirt, I was like, surely not. I'm not seeing what I think I'm seeing. But, you know, I, I think real quick, I want to talk to you and ask your opinion on the rest of the field. Because we talk about Bautista, we talk about Razgatlioglu, we talk about Ray. After that, though, there's no one close. Yeah. I mean, if if Razgatlioglu leaves World Superbike, and then it's Johnny Ray and Bautista, provided Bautista keeps riding because he's older. He's yeah. over 35. Yeah. So if he doesn't want to ride... Well, you know, Ray's then getting it's older, just, too, you know? So is Ray, but, Ray's, yeah. but Ray is far and away better than anyone else in the field. If those two guys leave the championship, it's a lot... We go to that dominance of Mark Marquez in sixteen to nineteen. You know what I mean? Like it's. It, I feel like Ray wins by five seconds every race, and then the greatness well, of World Superbike is lost. Well, you, uh, maybe not because think about it. You know, okay, so let's let's hypotheticals. You know, Top Rack goes to MotoGP. That means that someone's in MotoGP doesn't have a seat. Where are they gonna go? You, you know, that they could come to World Superbike. There could be another name in World Superbike. Um, honestly, to me this weekend, I made the comment to my wife that, that I was really upset that Garrett Gerloff had, had the issues that he had and had the injury because Garrett Gerloff really showed a lot of pace. And I made the comment to her. I don't think it was race winning pace, but I told, I made the comment. I think that Garrett Gerloff would have finished. This was his best weekend. This was a huge weekend for Garrett Gerloff. He lost a lot of points to Axel Bassani and Delor and, um, in the, uh, in, independent championship. Um, yeah. but um, this was his best finishing weekend, I think, so far, or his best finishing circuit in World Superbike. I think he's been in second place here, yes. maybe a couple podiums. Yes. Um, yeah. So this this was a, a really big weekend for him. I told her that I thought he was going to be somewhere between uh, Locatelli and the that top three as far as race one goes. You know, he was somewhere. He was. I felt like he was going to be top five, but he was going to be somewhere in the middle of that gap. Um, I don't think he had the complete race pace to really keep up with him. Uh, that's top oh, three he guys. Did not. 
But no. I think if he could have hung on for just a little bit, what he could have learned from them and finding some of that speed and find some of that pace from them um, would have really paid dividends for, for Garrett Gerloff. He just wasn't a, wasn't able to do that due to the injury. So hopefully he can come back strong and, and really reattack. Now, with all that being said, next year, you know, if Garrett Gerloff has more speed, kind of gets back where he, where he, we know that he could be, where he should be, um, you know, there's a guy in World Supersport right now who's lighting it up again, and Dominic Agater, who wants a Superbike seat next year, wants to earn his way into World Superbike. I think that he has earned that right at this point that he could come in. So now Why we would have, you say that? Uh, gee, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you think Dominic Agater comes over uh, or moves up, you know, could, could come in as a breakout talent. Um, we've seen what he can do in World Supersport. If you have uh, Garrett Groloff, that improves his pace over the year. And then if you have that other name, that rider that's kind of out in MotoGP, that might move over to World Superbike as well. Um, I don't think it's going to be as big of a delta. It may mesh that field just a little bit, but there's still going to be a gap because some of these guys are getting, you know, they're getting older. Loris Baz is older. Um, um, uh, Alex Lowe's is older. Like you said, John, uh, uh, Alvaro Batista is older. Jonathan Ray's getting older. Um, there are a lot of guys, Eugene Laverty, Laverty, you know, there are some, there's some age that's starting to hit world, the world superbike grid. And unfortunately, a lot of those names are top 10 names. So like you're saying, you know, what's, what's kind of happening with the talent is the question that we're getting down to. Right. And we don't see a whole lot of, of lap record pace from younger guys. So where's that no. development coming from? You know, and, yeah, I don't and know. Axel Bassani I, is is to me is a very promising talent. I think Axel Bassani should be get, be looked at for a factory Ducati seat. I agree with you. I I've, I said it last year. I think he's amazing. Um, but who knows? Right. But I, I think I think you're more confident in Gerloff than I am. Well, I, I have think, to be. One of us has to be. I mean, right. You know. uh, well, I, I do. I like Garrett Gerloff. I wish that he was doing better. It just feels like every time he gets a chance to do well, there's something that jumps up and bites him. Um, he just he he needs a little bit of luck. Yeah. I mean, if he could yep. just get a podium, if he could just break this cycle, like every time he starts going well, something happens, and it's unfortunate. It's frustrating for me as an American fan, but at the same time, it's got to be a lot worse for him. So, you know, I wish him the best and a speedy recovery. That was a nasty injury. Um, but, you know, he needs some luck, but I, I he's going to have to show me before I, I jump back on that train. Um, let's talk real quick. That's a great segue because you mentioned a girder or Agater, you should say. Um, Agater is dominating. He is flat out dominating. He wins both races, although there was a surprising finisher in second in Carl Smith, which was really good to see a new face up there. But, you know, Baldessari had two podiums. He had a second and a third in race two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bulaga was on the podium in race one. And, of course, Carl Smith was on the podium behind Agater in, in race two. But Agater just looks like it's so easy, and he can just flip the switch whenever he wants, and he just takes off. Um, that's a testament to his bike and his team, but also to him and, and the, uh, the confidence that he has right now. So, you know, he's up in the standings for world Supersport at the moment by 44 points over Baldessari. 
and the next closest guy has 72. So he's 73 points ahead of the third place guy. That's incredible after three rounds. So yeah. if he keeps the pace going, I'm with you. I think he ends up in World Superbike because how can he not? How can how can you not put him up there? Um, he may have to quit riding in Moto E if he is, but he's doing super well in Moto E too. Yeah. So, yeah, the, I mean, the experience he's getting across the 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 seat time that the, he's seeing is just yep. It's paying off. I mean, obviously he's yep. he's winning races. You don't want to say with ease, but but it really does make it look easy after a while, you know. And and whenever I see him start from pole, and he falls back to fifth or sixth by the time that you know turn one is. Uh, I, they get to turn one. It, it's almost a formality. You just kind of wait for five to six laps in, and then Dominic Egger decides to just okay, I'm I'm done now. I want to go. Uh, you know, I want to. Yeah, seen he, everything he I is need patient. To That's the one thing is about him. He doesn't he doesn't care what happens in the first five or six laps. Really, you know what I mean? He doesn't yep. care. I know I'm going to go with him. I'll be fine. And that's a that's a great place to ride from, honestly. Um, but let's take Dominic Agurter. Agater, whatever, however the name is pronounced. Let's just take Agater out of the equation for a minute. We were talking about young talent in the superbike class. What about the super sport class? If Agater leaves, who are you looking at in the future to be to be the guy? Who would be the guy then? If Agater leaves, who's the guy? Well, I mean, you know, Chan on Chu really shows a lot of early race pace, you know, and. Uh, you can't win it in the first five laps, Bo. Can't you do can't, it. But he fin- so he finished fourth, though. He finished fourth and then fifth, race one or race two. You know, so th- those aren't Great. terrible finishes, you know? No, but he was in the lead both races. I understand. And that's what I'm saying is he's got, there's got to be some sort of development that it, he has to achieve as a rider. And, and, you know, and possibly is that the bike that we're seeing? He's still on a Kawasaki. We know that that bike is, is an old older engine and in the 599. So, it it's competitive um, as far as top speeds go. You know, it's not too far off. Um, it, we don't know what the front and he rides the bike very similar to Top Rack. The bike is completely out of shape. It's never in line. It's it's all over the place in the brake zone, and is you know strong Turk on the brakes. So I don't know if we, we, this is the first time we've ever seen a Turk strong on the brakes, right? Um, he is strong on the brakes, but if he's behind you, you're nervous. Absolutely. Yeah. I I, I mean, you know that that you're either going to get smashed, the rear wheel's going to slide sideways into you. You know, one of those two is going to happen. And and not to say that he rides dirty, right? It's just that he he rides the bike completely out of shape and aggressive, just like his brother. He surely does. He surely does. To answer your question, you know, not to to get out of that, that, you know, uh, Ben Stralin. Um, looks good to me. I didn't I, I agree with you. Great there. Um, and then Yari Montella as well um, showed a little bit of promise. Um, Caracasulo, older rider, but we know that there's talent there as well. And then uh, you know, obviously Cluzel's usually there, but um, but he's I think not Cluzel's a young done. talent. You know, he's nah, not a young I think talent Cluzel's at all. Done. I think Cluzel's done. I, I I do think he's fast on a good day when he's having a good day, but he just can't he just can't put it together. He just can't like he uh, just is evidenced by the three rounds this year, the six races. My man's in thirteenth. You know, Ollie so. Bayless looked really good in race two. He as did. Well. I was I was going to bring up Ollie Bayless. I 
I'm going to be watching him closely because I was very curious to how Ollie Bayless would handle it with the resources he has at his fingertips. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I, I can't decide whether he rides a lot like his dad yet or not. Um, I know Troy Bayless was a very naturally talented rider, and he was just one of those guys that you could put him on just about any bike if it had any sort of good performance and chance to win. You could put Bayless on it, and he would do it, as evidenced by within the the year Nikki won the championship in MotoGP, the last race of the year that it came down to. Guess who won that race? Troy Bayless, and he just came over for a one-off. He won the race. He's just that guy. So I'm curious to see if Ollie has any of that. He is improving. He started the year with an injury, so get him some slack there. But you know, he did he did ride well this weekend. So I think. To your point, Van Stralen, Canon uh, Chu, Yari Montella. Next couple of years, I think there's going to be some really good scrapping going on in the Supersport. I'm really happy for that. I'm hoping that Superbike holds it together. You know, I, I don't want to see yeah. two of those guys leave the championship for whatever reason, leaving one because then there's no contest. But if all three of them leave for whatever reason, well, hey, hey, hey. Then I mean, there's some really great racing going on for fourth through seventh in World Superbike. We just don't get to see it because if you take your eyes off the leaders for two turns, you miss the pass. Yeah, and 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 so that's great. That's what we want. But that is that is good television viewing management, and we'll get into about production mm-hmm. when we move over to the local series, but. I mean, that pretty much covered it for me. I mean, I, it was a phenomenal week in racing for World Superbike. I, I, every one of those races was fun to watch. You know, I, the wet race with Agater in race two, Carl Smith finishing second. They Agater kind of made it easy. But he at least gives us six or seven laps to where we think, <laughs> well, has Canon Chu got it today? Yeah. Uh, no, no, not today. Okay. But... You know what I mean? But all of the races were good. And and honestly, it's kind of interesting for me to see Dami dominating like this because he he just never did it in Moto2. He just couldn't do it. Maybe the talent level's better, or maybe the bike just didn't suit him. Now, I'm glad so, you brought that up. He wrote, did he not ride with um, MV Agusta in Moto2? That's a great question. Um, I cannot remember if... Uh, he did or not. Um, let me look. Let me see. Okay. Uh, his So in his years, uh, I, I, here's a trivia question for you. Now, do you know um, what year that Johnny Ray came into World Superbike? 2012. That is incorrect. But anyway, so it was 2009. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I just, I just, I had that little thing I picked up today. But anyway, uh, he did ride for MV Agusta in Moto Two in 2019. Before that, okay. he rode for KTM. He rode on a Suter chassis, a Calex chassis, um, but it never. He only podiumed mm, a total of. Well, if you take out a total of 11 times in Moto2. So he did podium. So he did podium. 
but it wasn't like, you know, so. So what we're know. what we're surmising though is that you know if you go to Moto Two and be a Gusta team, that's where your Moto GP career is going to stop, and you're going to come over to World Supersport after that. Yeah. So I mean, you know, he he honestly. Uh, you know, he even went back in 2020 and did four races in Moto2, but, you know, he, I think he just found a home. I Look, I think. He's killing it. I mean, why would you He's killing it. He's doing yeah. well. He's having fun. And uh, I mean, you can't blame him for staying. No, I mean, you look, you, you can go over there and be an also-ran. He had 11 podiums in, well, he, he, he was there for nine, ten years. Uh, he had 11 podiums, and he's got that many wins in two years in the World Super Sport class. And yeah. and, and, and he's won a few races um, in uh, the Moto E Championship as well, you know? Yeah, almost so, won that championship last year, actually, too. So. Yeah, so, you know, I, I feel like he's found his niche. And he just yeah. he'll get on a super bike, earn a living, and then he'll 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 be done. But that's a good thing. So, um, yeah, I I think right now he's clear and far and away the best rider. Um, it's not close. Um, but Baldessari is riding much better. Thank goodness he is more consistent. He has had a couple crashes this year, but he's doing better than he was doing in Moto Two. I have no idea what he was doing over there. Uh, he was just on the struggle bus. Bulaga, same way. Bulaga's up there close to the front. Bulaga had an off in race two. But, you know, he is uh, he is performing much better at the super sport level. So maybe he found his niche as well. But uh, that's about all I have for the World Superbike Paddock. What about you? Yeah, that's about it. I, uh, I definitely think that we can probably shift gears a little bit and come back across the pond. And we've got a lot to talk about. So. All right. Let's do it.